Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of She's in Focus, a podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and video creators from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker based in New Jersey that's just kind of looking to turn my passion into something more and connect with other like-minded, passionate female artists, one of those being Jasmine Q., She's a filmmaker and photographer based in Austin, Texas, you know, creates social media ads and videos for brands and businesses. You can check her out at jasminequinones.com or her Instagram at jasmine underscore Q. She also has a podcast for creativity's sake, which largely inspired this podcast, I'll be honest. And, you know, she's a creative director at Thrive on Life. Oh, dang. We, she's we going deep. She's a skater. There's nothing she can't do. And she's so much cooler than I'll ever be. So I'm so thrilled to have you on, Jasmine. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's super cool to like be on somebody else's podcast, but also like (laughs) be like on yours because we've been chatting like so much through like, you know, IG and like we've never actually had the chance to like speak face to face. But like even when I got on here, I was like, I feel like I already talked to her face to face, you know? I know, I know. I feel like I know you. It's funny because how I met you or how I found you rather mm-hmm. on social media um, kind of perfectly summarizes the point of this podcast, right? Like I had asked Alex Gassaway, who's a, a female mm-hmm. creator on YouTube, to point me in the direction of more female filmmakers, diverse filmmakers. And you were on that list. And so I started following you. And I don't think like you noticed me at first. And then through you, I actually found Thrive. Okay. So that's how it happened. Yeah. And then okay. I started posting in Thrive. And then you were like, oh, like this girl's legit. And then you messaged me. And it's so funny. And I was like, yeah, by the way, I've been stalking you for a while. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, I feel bad as hell now. <laughs> no, so funny. It, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I For some reason, I thought that you had like found me through Thrive first. Like I didn't know that it was like the opposite way around. Um, which is really cool that, uh, you know, she referred my name in that list of people, which is really cool. Cause like, she's, you know, she's, she's got a following on YouTube and she's, she's big on IG and I, I thought that was super dope. So that's, you know, that made me feel good inside. So yeah, definitely. That's, you know, that's women supporting other women for you. That's I exactly know. what we love to see. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So this podcast is about female filmmakers and it's kind of an exclusive group. I felt like I was so nervous when I first like pitched this idea because I felt right. like all the male creators were going to like come for me or something. Yeah, but no, they're, that they were going to be salty or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, girls only. But yeah, uh, it's been yeah, a boys no. club for a while. So I think we need something like this. It has been. And it's like it's so weird and it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm like, why is it that I am just for some reason so unable to like come across or connect with as many like women in the creative field as I do men like I I don't get it because like I'm pretty sure like we're just as if not more creative than men so I I don't know it's just it's interesting to me like that every time I do meet people that are in this industry, it's like usually always a guy and I don't, I don't really get it. I don't know. I don't know where that, ha- like, how does that happen? I don't know. And that's the thing. Like there's, I, when I first like went on this venture, I was like, there's gotta be other women who are just as passionate, if not more passionate, you know, as I am about filmmaking and about 
you know, making creative content. And, you know, sure enough, I was able to find, you know, a few people on social media, but it like, I had to do so much research and work to get there. It wasn't like laid out for me on a silver platter. Right. Like why? Yeah. It's always like we have to search for them like outwardly, like, where are they? Like, can you, yeah. Can you like reference, like the fact that you had to ask for a list, like that's kind (laughs) of crazy. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know, but I'm so happy that like you're doing that and that you're, cause that's, that's what my podcast was like going to try to be. But I ran into the issue of, I don't even know how to book that many female guests. Like, I literally was like, I don't know how to find them. I don't know where to go to find them because I have such a limited circle of, like, friends who are female filmmakers. So, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super, I respect you a lot for, for, like, actually, like, doing it and making it that because, like, I definitely like started my own podcast with the intention of doing that. And then I was like, well, shit, I have so many like uh, male, I have so many guy friends who are in the creative industry. Like I'd love to talk to them as well. But I was also like, damn, like I'm trying to talk to all the female creators. Like where are the ladies at? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's that's what I was trying to do. But I, yeah, this is dope. I, so I, I really think that this is amazing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I can't go on YouTube without a male creator being suggested to me. So I'm like, we need to get more more women on YouTube because that's the thing. Like, I love, you know, Becky, uh, Becky Peckham. She's a yeah, the, she's, love Becky she's and really Chris. cool. Yeah. yeah her, um, you know, Lizzie Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atola. Yeah. Visuals, Atola visuals. Yeah. And they're great, but I was like, why is it there's like I can count them on one hand? Literally, I was I was asking myself the same thing. I was like, dude, why? Yeah, seriously, it's like five that I that I follow, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, it's sad. Yeah. It makes me sad. I actually, yeah, me too. And I actually found um, this one female filmmaker who just happened to be using the hashtag female filmmaker on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is uh, Marissa Rojas. I, that's me. That's the the Latina in me trying to pronounce her last name that's how i think it's spelled i'd actually do not know if she's she's latina but that's how we're interpreting it so marissa if you're listening to this i'm sorry please come to my podcast (laughs) but you know i found her content and she doesn't have you know over a thousand followers but the 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 quality was there Mm -hmm. and the the content that she was putting out was so valuable i was like more women need to find this channel so it's like you know how do we how do we boost other women up how do we form a network that's visible to you know to people outside of the individuals like myself who are actively seeking it out yeah no i completely agree yeah that's yeah well said (laughs) thanks i'm trying i'm trying so you're doing a great job i'm like sitting here and i'm like trying to not like because every time i'm on a podcast now now i feel like i like i i feel like i never leave the like interviewer role (laughs) now because i'm always like I'm always like interviewing other people, so I'm like, okay, wait, this is not my podcast, so like, let me just like, let right. me take, let me take a little back seat here, you know? <laughs> yeah, let me drive, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast is dedicated to to female filmmakers. So let's talk about your filmmaking journey. How far along are you on your journey? A few years now, right? Yeah, I I was actually talking to someone about this today. I I would say that like, I feel like I have like different journeys like I have like uh my professional journey as like a professional you know videographer and I do it for money that's Mm -hmm. only been a thing for like two and a half years um 
and then prior to that I was just kind of starting out but I would say like I started to take video in general seriously and I started to make it like a really big passion and hobby of mine uh in like late 2015 or 2016 I was very okay. bad at it like I didn't know what I was doing I was literally terrible I was using um I was using it's like sometimes I'd use my sister's iPhone 6 because it All had right. like yeah it had like a good it had a because I had like an iPhone I don't even know what iPhone I had I think it was the five or like a four like something really crappy mm-hmm. and I was like oh iPhone 6 like this has a great camera so I like I remember I had used her camera to shoot some like travel stuff while we were in Puerto Rico. And then I had shot, I had, I went abroad in 20, when did I go abroad? 2015, I think. No, I lied. 2016, I went abroad, like the beginning of 2016. And I brought those little like cool pics cameras. Yeah. Those like, those mad old ones from like the early 2000s. Like I literally brought one of those and I was like, i was absolutely amped to make like videos while i was abroad with it and it was just so funny because it was like the hardest thing to work with it's like a literal like you can't do much with it and (laughs) i was also i was also editing an iMovie too because i didn't really i didn't have editing software and i was like i'm just gonna throw this in iMovie and like make a cool little thing and that was that was like 2016 but i was like truly like infatuated with it like i was like dude i love putting together I just loved putting to putting visuals together, like especially to music, like it just felt so cool to me. And I think I can trace it back even farther than that, because mm. when I was when I was in high school, I would typically do like any school project that I had whenever they gave us like free range to do whatever you wanted with a school project. I'd always do a video. Of course. And yeah. I and I used to make little like. Oh my god when i was like 14 i used to make these really cringy like youtube vlogs <laughs> like they were i need to see these oh my god i i need to see them but the problem is like i put them on youtube on this U- on this random ass youtube channel and i don't know how to get back into you the got account. locked out i got oh locked out of the account and i don't know how to i literally don't i can't figure out a way to contact google to like let them let me into my account but all the videos are like privated that's why i can't search them so they're gone for e- well i don't know they might th- i might be able to get them back somehow but for right now they're gone forever but ever since i was like 14 i've always been using a camera in some capacity but i did not make it like an actual like oh i want to do this as a career and i want to actually pursue like cinematic filmmaking like i didn't i didn't actually go that route and that deep into it until i was like a senior in college so that was like Oh man, that was like four years, four years ago, four. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. I will. It made me cry to say that. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I've been out of college for four years. That's disgusting. Oh, it's too funny. It's going to make you cry even more when I tell you that I just finished college last year. Oh my goodness. How old are you? Like 22? 24. Oh, you're 24. Uh, uh, yeah. I finished my master's last year. Oh, okay. 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 Dang. Okay. Okay. So you're not that much younger than you just turned 24. When did you turn 24? December. You turned 24 in December. Okay. I turned 27 in September, like this September. So does my boyfriend. That's so funny. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So I would say that's that's like a brief synopsis of like my filmmaking journey and kind of like 
how I don't know. Yeah, kind of how long I've been doing it, and like, it's just always it's always been there. It just didn't really like come out in full force till like four years ago, I think. So what sparked that? Like, what was the inspiration when you switched from just kind of doing this as a hobbyist or like kind mm-hmm. of documenting your own journey to being like this is what I want to do for a living? Yeah. So the funny thing about that is that so the reason why I I like was like oh my god I really want to do this as a career was because in 2015 I was like super stoked about Justin Bieber's album that he released (laughs) and I know mad people find him super problematic and they don't like him and they hate him whatever I'm going to fully admit that I am a Justin Bieber fangirl I love him I love his music like whatever I love his journey so in 2015, I obviously was amped about his new album drop, and I watched one of his music videos for the song I'll Show You, I think it was, and it was a video of him in Iceland, and the way it was taken was just so breathtakingly beautiful. Like, I yeah. was like, something about that video just hit me different. I was like, dang, that is a that is just beautiful cinematic shots, and then that led me to one of his other video pieces which was for his song company and that video piece was just so interestingly edited like with mm. the with the fast cuts and the and the uh, match cuts that like transitioned and I had never seen anything like that before in video and so that's what kind of like I was like how did they do that who shot this video like what were, like I just I fell down a rabbit hole and I figured out that the person who had been shooting his videos at that time was a guy called Rory Kramer. I don't know if you follow him at all. I don't, but I will. He's another another white guy, you know, another white guy in the film scene. <laughs> but um but he was he, yeah, his work for Justin Bieber was what caught my eye and is what kind of dr- like kind of took me down a rabbit hole of yeah, I I want to figure out like how people do this and I want to recreate something like this. So then after I watched those videos and I I followed Rory Kramer and then I was like I got into another rabbit hole of like finding other filmmakers from finding Rory Kramer and I was like oh the film this film stuff seems super interesting and then like from then on I was like hooked I was like I was like I want to learn how to do these transitions and and I want to learn how to edit like that and I want to learn how to just I don't know I was just I was just nerding out like real hard I don't know that's all it takes yeah like just just one thing to like light that fire within you oh yeah and then you just run with it so at that point you were kind of still like studying guys like and filmmakers like Rory Kramer when did you actually start picking up your camera and like experimenting with that style or like taking it into the edit and trying to actually replicate the things that you were seeing Mm -hmm. um so when I went abroad, so those videos, I saw them in late 20, like fall of 2015 is when I saw the videos mm. and I was going abroad the beginning of 2016. So I was like, okay, I'm going to bring that little cool pics camera with me. I brought that camera with me abroad because it was the only thing that I had. I, I wasn't, I didn't have no type of money for no type of nice camera. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm just going to bring this like little cool pics thing. I brought it to... I brought it abroad and I, I, I remember trying, like, I just was like, tr- I was just messing around, like trying techniques. I was speed ramping for like the first time ever in iMovie. Yeah. 
literally iMovie though, which is like the worst program to speed ramp in because you can't. It's literally like you cut and you change the speed and then you cut again <laughs> and it just goes back to normal. Like you can't like really ease it at all. So I was that was the first time that I was like actually trying to practice those techniques and it looked really bad. You know, it looked really terrible. I actually have the videos like on my Vimeo account still. They're like still at the very, very bottom of my Vimeo account. Like you will find those videos. And it's like really funny to look at now because I'm like, oh, damn, look at baby Jasmine, like trying to do cool stuff. Like, but yeah, that's that's kind of that was, I guess, first camera. It wasn't like my camera, so it wasn't my own first camera. Right, right. Um, My first my first camera that I owned was a GoPro and I like used the GoPro for like all these travel videos. I was like, I'm going to make travel videos with the GoPro. So I, I ran around with the GoPro and I did all types of weird stuff with it. And I tried to make the GoPro look as cinematic as possible. Cause I was like, I wanted to do like actual cinema style stuff, but I was yeah. using a, I was using a GoPro, which is like the most non cinematic looking camera that you can buy. <laughs> Unless you learn how to make it look cinematic, which I did, it was, but yeah, that was, that was my first, that was my first camera that I owned was the GoPro Hero 4 and I still have it. I still have it to this day. I love that. Yeah. I started on a, uh, a Canon T, either T3i or T5i Rebel camera. Yeah. I feel like everyone starts with like a Canon Rebel or T series. Yeah, yeah, that was back in high school, and uh, thinking back on it now, like, I thought I knew what I was doing. I had <laughs> no idea how to use that camera. It was on auto all the time. Yeah. I didn't understand, you know, composition. I just thought it was enough that I was pressing record, right. and yeah. now I had this footage. Uh, yeah, I... I, <laughs> I, didn't un- I didn't understand anything, dude, like, shutter speed, like... Girl, like, I just learned shutter speed last year. <laughs> I still have to like, like yeah. oh, like the one hundred eighty degree shutter rule. Like oh, like I yeah. have to like it's a, guide it's, myself through this. It's a weird one to like understand. Like I didn't get it at all, and then I figured out the one eighty degree shutter rule, and then I was like, okay, cool. But I still didn't understand. Like I knew that rule, but I didn't understand like what shutter speed was doing. Yeah, yeah. And I, it took me a long time to like figure out like, oh, this is what shutter speed is doing to my image. And now I can play around with my shutter speed mm. if mm-hmm. I want to like break that 180 degree rule and like get a different look. But yeah, that took me a while to understand. I feel like there was a lot of camera settings where I was like, dude, I don't know what this means. But and I was I would remember I would get frustrated, too. I was like, why doesn't my video look like this cinematic masterpiece that I saw online? And it's because yeah. I didn't know how to use my camera, like, at all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think that sometimes creatives in general kind of get sucked into this trap of, if I buy the gear, the skill will somehow just, like, be bestowed upon me. Because I, oh, yeah. I was working for, at my university, um, back when I was in college, I was working for the, the Center of the Arts. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, like, you, you know, because I studied video production mm-hmm. as an undergrad. So I knew the basics of premiere pro you know i was taking like a three i learned like three point lighting and, th- and things like that right. um but I, and in college even at that point i wasn't making like you were saying like the cinematic content that i wanted that i saw on youtube and that i saw people do mm-hmm. i didn't know how to make that correlation of like okay i'm here and i'm you know doing standard interview shots but like they're there doing you know 
transitions and, and making all these like crazy effects and I, I didn't know how to get there mm-hmm. and but I noticed the common thread was oh these people have better gear than I have so when yeah. I was working for a center for the arts they were like you can make videos and I was like yeah okay I can do that but in order to do that I need a, the, the best camera out there so they actually um it belonged to the department it wasn't my own camera but I got to use it I I made them by a Canon Mark uh 1DX Mark II oh those are so fire yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I, I I, thought I did my research <laughs> and I realized like once I got the camera mm-hmm. and like the standard like kit lens it came with, it's probably like a 12 to 35 mil- millimeter, mm-hmm. like I don't know what it was or yeah. something like that. And I realized like I don't even know how to like turn this camera on. Like I... I eventually got, you know, got the camera on and then just thought like, okay, now that I have the camera, I can recreate everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that was just not the case at all. I, I was so lost. Every shot I had was out of focus. And I guess at the time I didn't know where to go to find the information to learn how to, to, to use the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wasn't looking up the right things on YouTube and I wasn't understanding. It. I just figured like, oh, I have the camera. Now yeah. I'll kind of like, it'll, it'll all just come to me. So I remember mm-hmm. being um, in charge of, of filming this gala at the Center for the Arts. And I, you know, I used the camera. I got it powered on. I was just getting some shots. You know, composition was good. Everything was fine. I did not know how to adjust aperture, shutter speed, ISO, none of it. So it was just like all, all auto. It was like a terrible green hue. It was so Ooh, bad. Man. And so, and I had no idea, like... Because now if I shot something like that, I'd be able to take it into the edit and adjust. Mm -hmm. But back then I had no idea. And I was like, wow, like I just made this department buy this expensive ass camera for me. And I have no clue what I'm doing. And if I send them this product, they're going to see that. So then I got into the terrible habit of hopping on uh, motionarray.com and Mm. picking a template, a Premiere Pro template. Mm-hmm. And I just plugged in all the footage and there were so many effects and it and ended up looking good, the end uh-huh. product, because it like wasn't any of my own editing. And the, that's the, you so know, crazy. There were black and white effects and this and that. But like, I remember feeling so discouraged because I was like, how am I ever going to be a filmmaker when like I went to school for video production and I don't even know how to work this camera? Dude, like, amen to that. Like, there is just like, I feel like. I feel like this is just a common thread with people. Like I know people who have gone to school for video stuff and they don't know nearly enough to like go shoot something on any type of camera without any assistance. Like, and they don't understand like the, like, I don't know. It just, so it's so weird to me. Like, but, but it, you know, it, it's something that I have seen before where like people tell me that they come out of school and like, I have, I have a friend who, um, you know charlotte yeah 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 so i she's my my close friend here who who yeah she was on the podcast you know her um so she went to film she went to a school and she was in like a film program but she never actually learned how to use a camera either like she was she was more heavy on the editing so she learned how to edit a lot but she went through all four years of school in a like film program and she never really learned how to use a camera. And I remember her coming to me and being like, Hey, can you teach me how to use this Sony camera as like a Sony a 6,300? And it's like, yeah. 
I was like, dang, that's so crazy that you can go to school for four years and like they really don't just they just don't be doing anything for you. I'm like, honestly, it's, yeah, it's just wild to me. But it is so true. Like going back to like what you were saying before about like the whole gear thing. Like that's exactly how I felt, too, when I first started shooting. Like I remember I worked for a TV station in my junior year of college and during the tv state like during my time at the tv station they let me use a panasonic gh4 all right and and i was like panasonic gh4 looks so good like it like i saw videos shot with the panasonic gh4 and it was tight it looked amazing and then i took the camera and i went out and i tried to shoot something and i was like this looks like trash like why like i literally yeah. thought that if i just had the camera in my hand I would magically be able to like create the most cinematic image ever. And it, it was, that's just so far from the truth. It's like actually insane. Yeah. Yeah. Even like I, I don't have the GH4, but I, I last year purchased the GH5 mm -hmm. and that was like, I consider my first like real camera because shoots in 4k 60 frames per second. You know, it's, it's a cinema camera, right? lower level. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was, when I first acquired that, I remember when I could afford it. So I was thrilled about that. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, now that I have the camera, I need the lights. And now that I have the lights, I need the microphones. And now that I have this, like I just went down this rabbit hole and yeah. I ended up getting so much gear and not knowing how to use any of it. So speaking of like, you know, like Charlotte went to, to school for film too. Mm -hmm. That's a really big investment. I spent, you know, so much money to, and so did she to go to school to to learn the skills that would make me leave college a filmmaker and i it, it failed us in that way yeah and i you know i think some of it is on the individual like i should have been you know out practicing more or like mm -hmm. seeking out peers who would we would work on like independent projects and things mm -hmm. like that but a lot of it is also on the the faculty to provide you with the tools that you need and to point you in the right direction because that's that's the thing like a lot of my professors were the last time they were in the industry was decades ago right. and they don't if you gave them a, a panasonic gh5 they wouldn't even know how to turn it on literally i had a i had a, a, a guy that i used to work with and he was a much older guy he was like in his 60s and i would help him shoot gigs because he didn't know how to use his he was a director of like a comp of like an actual film production company. Yeah. And I had to sit with him because he didn't know how to use a Sony. He had a Sony a seven R two and he didn't, he literally had no clue like how to use it. And like that just goes to show, like, I mean, technology is getting crazy, you know, camera technology is getting insane. And it's like, you know, it is hard. I, I can only imagine it's hard for, like, the older generation to keep up with, like, all the new tech. But, I mean, that's so true about the whole filmmaking and, and school and how all these professors are, like, they seem to be kind of out of touch with, like, how to really create stuff in the modern day, like, digital world now. Like, I feel like it, it's a lot different than how people used to create things. And the technology is, like, way different, too. So... Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm so sorry, y'all. You, you know, wasted a little bit of your money <laughs> doing that, but yeah, I feel like I wasted my money too in college. So yeah, honestly, I mean, luckily my degree, I had a concentration in, in media production and video production, but my overarching degree was in communication. So at least I was able to leave with that piece of paper that was like 
a lot broader for right me to that's get, what i graduated with job. too like a communication degree so totally totally get you yeah but i think like it also could so the main topic i wanted to talk about with you today is mm-hmm. is the idea of vulnerability as a creative and i think maybe the perfect way to segue into that is you know i left college and the the my professors and the class i was taking didn't prepare me mm-hmm. for the goals that i had in mind right i feel like i was entering this this sphere and i was just super vulnerable to mm-hmm. to being uh number one discouraged to being uh critiqued mm-hmm. to being you know casted out because i didn't understand the basics and, and i think a, a really good foundation is so important when you're when you're aspiring to, to do anything right. but in a creative field in general because that those become like the building blocks that you, you use to accelerate your career mm-hmm. and you know i actually ended up paying for a course called a full-time filmmaker have you heard of it you know what's actually hysterical what? so first of all yes i've heard of it but also sorry slight very mini segue someone Please. one of my friends that follows me on ig he's from boston mass he mm-hmm. dm'd me and he was like he was like i'm seeing your face everywhere or i'm seeing you everywhere and i'm like what are you talking about you're seeing me everywhere and he was like you're gonna be on a podcast and i was Is like this jason yeah it's jason yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he was like he dm me he was like you're gonna be on a podcast like for for female filmmakers and i'm like how did you know that i was like I, I i was like i didn't promote it yet and i didn't say anything like i didn't know if you had so i was like oh do you know kel like and he was like no i saw i don't know we just hold he, he just segued he was like yeah i saw it in the full-time filmmaker group so right right fun that was just a weird funny little <laughs> tidbit that i was like oh wait that's actually so funny that like that's crazy how people can connect through other things but yes full-time yeah. filmmaker i love their videos i will just say that yeah so it's it's led by parker walbeck he's super super freaking talented mm-hmm. and he um leads a team of other really talented um filmmakers and he you know started this program that would take you from being pretty much an amateur mm-hmm. to potentially opening uh, not not necessarily you know owning your own production company although right. a lot of us go that route mm-hmm. but becoming a, a filmmaker full-time mm-hmm. and actually having like a profit profitable business so yeah i guess that would naturally guess, lead yeah. you to open your own production company yeah um but i was toying with the idea of taking the the course because i was like you know it's like a good it's a cool 700 bucks mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah you know it's it's a little bit of an investment but i think the the prospect of it kind of scared me like if i actually commit to doing this i might actually be good at, at this at this mm. thing that i've told myself for so many years that i'm not qualified to do right and so i ended up buying the course and no joke it sat in my browser for months really i i dropped seven hundred dollars on this thing and i didn't i couldn't open the class so you were just like afraid was it it was just a fear of success i think it was both it was it was fear of you know what if this doesn't work out what if i just Mm -hmm. like blew all my money and i'm just and i'll find out i'm really not qualified to do this or two this could be the best thing i've ever done and all the stability i have with this this full-time gig that i've already procured (laughs) is is potentially might might go away Mm. um so i eventually i committed this year to you know scheduling out my lessons and taking it Mm -hmm. and as i was going through the course um 
they they have a Facebook group as well, which is like another major highlight of joining the course because mm-hmm. you join this community of full time filmmakers. And the first thing I did when I opened up the Facebook group was search like female filmmakers or, or, or women in film mm-hmm. in that group. And I found a handful of, of ladies and right. I ended up, you know, DMing all of them, be like, hi, I'm Kel. Please accept me. You know, hi. Yeah. Be my friend. And, uh, you know, most of them were very, you know, nice and, and welcoming mm-hmm. and we, you know, are, are cons- friends now, I guess. Right. Um, but it was like there there was the women in that group. There were so seemingly so few um and then I got the idea for this podcast because I was like you know what what really inspires me is seeing someone I can relate to accomplish the goals that I have for myself and that's either you know that's women of color that's that's you know Latinos Latinas Mm -hmm. any anybody you know in that sphere um women so I was like you know where can I find this constant source of inspiration and I looked up you know female filmmaker podcasts and I found a few here and there um about like women in film and 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 actresses in film and stuff like that but it Mm -hmm. wasn't like the cinematic types of films I want to make because I don't want to be on a film set like a like a Mm -hmm. movie set or a film crew that wasn't the type of filmmaking I was referring to necessarily Mm -hmm. more so like the evolved definition mm-hmm. of a filmmaker now mm-hmm. like to include like just cinematic content for brands businesses right. stuff like that and so um yeah I, I realized that I was I, I couldn't find what I was looking for so I decided to just kind of take this leap and, and go for it myself so I posted in the full-time filmmaker group with your picture that's why I, I messaged you I was like hey can I use your picture for oh, okay, okay, okay got you because I was like yeah because he, he said he saw my picture and I was like oh I literally was like, well, I don't know where you saw my picture. So it was just really funny. Like, yeah. So you posted in the group. Sorry. No, no. Yeah. Perfect. I posted in the group and um, over 200 people, com- women commented on it because I was like calling all female filmmakers. Like I'm starting this podcast. I'd really love to feature you as a guest. Here's kind of my mission. Here's my reason why. And like 200 women were so supportive. What? And I DM'd every single one of them. Oh and my now I have a list that will pretty much cover me for the rest of the year if I want to do a podcast every week to have on the show. That's and, nutty. But but the thing is, like, if you if I wasn't in this group, where would I have found these women? Literally, like, you would have to dig a lot harder. Like, definitely. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's definitely the benefit of like having those online communities too. Is like really being mm-hmm. able to kind of you know have be able to find someone in a more concentrated area where you might be able to you know more likely find them but yeah i mean i i'm part of like a uh a facebook group that it's like women who drone because that's also something that's yeah that's also something that's like not really like i feel like women and drones are just not as like I don't know. I feel like people don't take me seriously when I have a drone. They're like, oh, you can fly a drone? And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I can fly a drone. Like, you know, and I know so many talented female drone pilots, you know, and it's it's cool that, like, they have, we, you know, they have their own Facebook group. And, like, I, it's cool to see that in there. And it it, is, it really does hit home more when you see people that look like you doing what you're doing. Like, it just – and that's why I, I try – my very hardest to be like visible on social media and to really really like make sure that like I'm I don't know that I'm I'm just there to like 
like this is what I'm doing this is what I struggle with this is me this is my identity what I you know what I vibe with and like I just feel like that's so important and sometimes I get all up in my head because I'm like I get so self-conscious that people are like what is Jasmine doing like does she think she's an influencer like blah 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 <laughs> like you know what I mean like just stupid shit like that that like sometimes people will say to me as like a joke and I know it's a joke, but sometimes I'm like, oh, don't hurt my feelings like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be like extra and like, but at the end of the day, it's like, n- no, I really do want to put myself in front of the lens as well so that these other women, like Latina women, especially like black women, like it, people need to, d- we need to get, it's not just, you know, women in general, like POC women, like. Yeah. I don't see that. I see that even less, you know? And so I just, I really want to make sure that I, I am visible for people and that, you know, they can see somebody doing and they see the face behind it. You know, I know so many, so many creators too, like they struggle with that. Like they don't want to be in front of the camera and they don't want to show the their face and stuff like that. And I don't know, man, I just, I want people to know that we out here doing it and we yeah. out here, we out here doing it. Like, look at you. Like you you have a, like that's insane to me that like you you got that many like you're literally just found all your guests for the rest of the year like that's insane i need to do something like that because i'm totally not even that proactive about it like right right yeah i think that you know i was so i was so overjoyed with the overwhelming response from all Mm -hmm. these women um but jasmine i mean talk about doing it you are doing it girl you have a podcast you do i literally like I'm so inspired by you. I was so excited when you DM'd me. Because, first of all, I think you're so much cooler than I am. And I was oh, like, oh, my God, she's messaging no. me. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I told my boyfriend Joshua, I was like, this is someone who is is really putting themselves out there. And, like, somebody that I can look to to be inspired by mm-hmm. and to emulate in certain ways. And like without that like visibility and that's it only takes one or two really right to, to yeah. kickstart your your you know your inspiration mm-hmm. and your creativity and you've been that person for me so you know thank you for for displaying that authenticity on social thank media you. and online because that is what is inspiring other people and i see your posts like there are i'm not the only <laughs> one who's inspired by you girl like there are <laughs> tons of people in on every single post you know commenting and and cheering you on so i think that's what's really important thank you no that that's that means a lot to me and it's it's so weird to even like hear that and to to be like oh like because again like again like i get in my head too and i'm like oh i'm you know i don't i'm i'm not anyone special like you know i'm just i'm just i'm me and i want to i want people to know that like I, I am whatever things I am and I'm, I'm still trying to do the things that I'm trying to do, but I'm also still struggling. Like sometimes, like I still struggle mentally a lot with like all of this stuff. And I, I struggle too with like not having a community of, um, like I have a good creative community here, but I do want to expand like my community of like women creatives you know and and poc and lgbtq like these are all things that really matter and and, like i mean you hit the nail on the head like it literally takes one person to be like hey like i'm a poc filmmaker i'm a woman i'm you know lgbtq i'm this i'm that and then you're like oh shit like they're i identify that way too like and i you know you can really start to see yourself in, in in people and 
that's what I want to be able to do. And I also just don't want to get on social media and like BS people, you know, like, you know, I, yes, I, you know, I work really hard to be really good at my craft and I'm glad that people, that people can see that. And I'm glad that people are inspired by my work, but I also want to be transparent, you know, with my own journey and, and the things that like I struggle with and, you know, I have the same, you know, I still, I've been doing this like four or five years and I still have the same, I still, I still fall into those like self doubt. Like I'm not good enough at this. Like I'm not going to progress as much or like, I'm never going to be as good as like some white dude on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like I just, I stay getting in my head with like stupid things like that. And I'm like, honestly, like if I did get on YouTube seriously, like I could fucking make, I could, I could do the damn thing. And I, and I know that I could, I, you know, I just, I, there, yeah, there just needs to be those faces out there because it, it really, really matters. And people are like, eh, like, why does representation, like, representation matters a shit ton. Like, so much more than some people realize, you know? So Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. That's super, I don't know. That just, that's super sweet. Like, seriously, like, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm not really that cool. Like, you can ask my girlfriend. She's like, <laughs> nah, she's a dork. Like, I'm really not, I'm really not that cool. I just like oh, to do so many stupid. things. So... I appreciate that a lot and it it means a lot to me that like you're literally like you're you're in New Jersey right now right yeah yeah like that's just crazy like you're in New Jersey like I've never met you in person before and like somehow we connected online and we're having like a face-to-face conversation right now like so casually and nonchalantly like I don't feel like you're a stranger to me you know like I feel very comfortable like chatting with you and I think that that is so special and that's so cool like literally my girlfriend was like oh like when is she when is she coming over and i'm like she doesn't (laughs) live here i'm like she lives in new jersey and she was like oh that's crazy and i'm like yeah dude she's i've never met her in person before i don't know you know so i don't know it's super dope i'm i'm super excited to like this is just this is a very special exchange for me i feel like because it's just those to show that you really can like connect and 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 just like push other people that are like don't even live near you you know and that's that's freaking cool to me and like you're out here doing a podcast like i'm so excited to see where your podcast goes like for real (laughs) thanks thanks yeah i I think that this is such a testament to what like the power of of social media and and putting yourself out there like i think that your choice to be vulnerable on social media and be your most authentic self is that it's a choice Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can sometimes, you know, when I see certain posts, I'm like, I'm like, wow, that person's life like can't be this picture perfect thing that they're posting. You know, you yeah. only see the highlights. You only see the 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 best someone's bests, someone's right. firsts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I start, you know, have seen your posts, I was like, OK, so she's a dope creative. She's doing all this stuff and she's still deals with all the stuff that I personally go through too and that other people are struggling with like Mm -hmm. showcasing your your triumphs and your struggles um, is Mm -hmm. a really powerful choice but it does leave you to be a little bit more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and I think that you know you you said you you struggle with it like you know getting in your head about the things that you post how do you kind of combat that does getting positive feedback from other people help you get through that yeah I think I think that honestly like sometimes when I post stuff like I get scared to post it because I'm like not not because I feel like 
not because I'm afraid to share it. I'm just afraid that like people will lay like, I don't know. I just, I think I have that whole thing in my head. Where I'm like, people are going to start to label me as like, you know, very in, you know, why are you writing long ass captions, Jasmine? Like you're a fucking influencer now, you know, like I'm afraid of being judged by the people who it's not for, you know, yeah. but I think that that's a really big mental switch that like we have to have is that not everyone's going to like your stuff. Like not everyone I'm sure as hell, like there's people that scroll right by my shit and they're like, nah, don't really feel like reading that or I don't care. Or like I've had, you know, people unfollow me as well, you know? And like, I think you you kind of have to make that mental switch that like, you're not going to make content that's for everyone. Like mm-hmm. you're only going to make, you're only going to be able to make content for the people who it's for and the people f- who it's not for you you can't really think about them you know you kind of have to think about like well who do I feel like this post is really going to speak to and and is it worth speaking to them like you know and and I've and anytime I have done it like even though I do sometimes get in my head about it I always get a handful if not like even just one person I always get at least one person that messages me and they're like hey I read your post and like damn dude I feel the same way like blah 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 and like you know and I get people who genuinely come into my messages now and they'll they'll ask like very vulnerable questions like how are you doing what you're doing and how are you how are you how do you deal with xyz things and I I think that that you know I think that being vulnerable leaves the door open for like conversations that you know usually don't have a space online because people don't want to talk about how they're messing up and people don't want to ask some people don't want to ask questions even because they're like I don't want to look stupid like I don't want to ask yeah. a question in a Facebook group and look dumb like I some people just want to have that like one-to-one conversation and I think I don't know I have to remind myself that it's what I post will at least resonate with one person I can at least count on that it'll resonate with one person and that should be enough you know and to that person you know it could mean a a lot and you know I think that there's also you never know who's watching also like some people might not even like or comment or message you at all but they're still reading and watching and I've had people like I've had people message me like out of the blue and be (laughs) like I've been watching your journey for like two years and I'm like you have because you know you never comment you never message me but it's so cool that they'll come out of the blue like two years you know later and they're like yeah I just wanted to let you know that like I've been watching you for for I've been watching your stuff for two years and it's really cool and I really resonate with it and like thank you for posting whatever you're posting and I'm like I'm like see like there's always someone who's gonna relate so it's you can't you know, you can't think about the people that the content's not for. And yeah. I think that that's, that's a really hard lesson that I've learned. Cause I always like, I always want to be liked by everybody. And I always want to, I always want to feel like everybody likes my stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, that's that validation mm-hmm. that we need. And like, I, I am no, I'm not immune to that. Like I need, I need validation too in some form. And so, but I, I, yeah, I gotta just, I gotta just get in my head and be like, you know, just stop that. Like, just post it there's gonna be one person that resonates and lo and behold here we are this is what happens (laughs) 
this is what happens when you're authentic and you're vulnerable and you just go for it and you just and you connect with people like i've really really made a point to try to really have like actual genuine like human connection like on platforms like instagram you know and and it's crazy i have so many people that i talk to on instagram that i've literally never met in real life like and we talk to each other like we're best friends it's so weird you know but it's cool it's so cool and to be social on social media what a concept right yeah exactly (laughs) and like yeah it's just it's cool it's it's really really awesome and i'm so happy that like you know that you think that it's been helpful to you and that you resonate like that makes me really happy and like that's that's who the content's for that that's what me sharing my feelings is for you know some people don't want to hear it and some people are like hey thank you for sharing your feelings with the world because I feel that too you know yeah and I think that's yeah I don't know you just I don't I don't like people thinking that my life's all like shiny and spick and span because it's not like it's hard it's really really hard like I hella struggle all the time and people are always like Jasmine you look like you're killing it early you look so cool like you're always skateboarding and you're, <laughs> and you're singing and you're doing this and you're doing that and I'm like but you had no idea that I just had a mental breakdown like five hours ago you know like yeah and it's it's real you know and I I, I don't I don't want to I don't know I just don't want to be that person that just like keeps the trend of like playing pretend like look at this cool picture of me like look at this cool video that I made like yeah I want to share that with you guys too I want to share stuff like that too but I don't I don't want people looking at my content and feeling like shit about themselves like that's what I never that's what I don't want to happen you know and so I don't know that's that's why I try to mix in that like vulnerability and like some people are like well don't be too vulnerable and like don't don't give away everything that you're struggling (laughs) with and I'm like I'm like, well, it, it, but also why not at the same time? Yeah. I'm like, why not? Like, you know, like I think some people have concerns about like, well, if clients come to my page and I'm talking about how I'm like struggling and blah, 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 like that could be problematic. And it's like, I understand, like, I'm sure, you know, there's been, I don't know. I, I get it. But at the end of the day, like a client is still a human being, like, they have human emotions, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm sure I've had people, I had people, someone today who hired me for a job and they were like, I really liked your posts. And I really, I felt like I got authentic vibes from your page. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, like, so anyway, sorry, I'm talking a lot. So no, this is, this is perfect. This is why we have <laughs> I, you on. I'm literally on the podcast and I'm like, oh my God, I need to be quiet. Like <laughs> why? That's, that's the point of the podcast. No, but exactly. No, and yeah. that's the thing art can't just be about the work that you produce it also has to be about the artist and I think that like if you're if if your page you know the the most authentic representation of you is your work is Mm -hmm. the fact that you skate is Mm -hmm. you know your identity is Mm -hmm. the the life that you're building for yourself over in Texas it's it's the struggles that you go through it's the things that you've overcome it's all of these things and and I think that ideally your social media profile should kind of reflect all of that if someone like my goal is that if someone were to hop onto my Instagram page they could you know do a a scan and get an idea of like my values and the things that are important to me and the type of person that I am because there are so many accounts that I see of like of influencers that Mm -hmm. it's only like 
bright and sunny posts or it's only sponsored posts and there's I feel like there's no real communication and it's it's like like, I I feel like I don't know you yeah that's exactly how I feel about like 90 percent of like the bigger like influencers who you see they have a really big following and they have a very nicely curated feed and I don't feel like I get any personality from any of those pages you know and I don't really it's like you know a little bit about their life but you like actually know nothing like it's very strange so I totally get that and like I I totally I don't know I think I think a reason why I'm getting on here and like I feel so comfortable talking with you is because like you also radiate the same thing from your page and your posts and your videos it's like you you come off as very like authentic and you're very generous in the way that you shine light on other people and you also talk about your own things and I I yeah I don't know I feel like that's why I can get on here and be like I I feel like I'm friends with Kel like I've never met her in person but like I I don't feel like you're a fake person you know with like right I already feel like you're real to me so I think that that's what's so cool about being you know that authentic person you know online is like super super important yeah absolutely and I think that I've used like on my personal page, and I think I've seen this on your page too, I've used vulnerability on social media mm-hmm. as a way to cope um, with things that have been, been going on, uh, right. you know, in the wake of the, the George Floyd murder some time mm-hmm. ago, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, expressing myself on social media without talking about this this huge event and issue that was right. happening and like the social justice struggles that we're all facing and mm-hmm. and I was passionate about something but I was I literally found myself thinking like I can't post that because you know so and so is going to unfollow me or I don't want to start any trouble or, or anything like that yeah. but you know I I found that I couldn't keep quiet so I actually ended up posting because um, at the time I was I just started my corporate job and my company wasn't handling like their response in the wake mm-hmm. of those events wasn't sufficient in my eyes so I ended up making a YouTube video that can be found on my channel called um Dear Corporate America Black Lives Matter and it was kind of just this like this this monologue of me talking to the camera and just kind of expressing myself but I was like okay how can I get my message out to the most people express myself in the best way that I know how which is through video and and through Mm -hmm. my creativity um, and also feel like I've addressed the things I need to address in order to be able to post other content and kind of move on from these right. things. Um, and I feel like I saw that on your page with the the snowstorm and the crisis that just hit Texas. You know, you Hell turned yeah. that situation into art that was informative, that was personal, um, and that Thank touched you. a lot of people. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Like, I literally got the inspiration to, like, do that video, like the day I got water back I think it was like finally we were seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and I was like I haven't edited anything for like two weeks because the week before that I had COVID so that was like not a great not a great time for me so yeah that Texas winter storm was insane and I really felt compelled to like really make something out of it and it was really cool because so many people yeah so many people were like oh my god this is such a great representation of like the week and like I had so many people share it and it was really cool it's just it's really cool when you can make something and like people just it just hits them and I'm like that's like that is the beauty and the power of like art and like video and photo and like any other medium of like expressing yourself is like you can just make something and people are like damn like 
this this actually made me feel something and like i think that's always the goal it's really truly i feel like that's become a little lost lately like within myself but also within like the filmmaking community as a whole i feel like most people don't want to work to make content that makes people like really feel something they'd rather make something like really pretty or really you know here's yeah yeah, really cool with a lot of you know flashy stuff and i love making that stuff too like don't get me wrong i'm hella into making that stuff as well and that's probably most of what i make but that just goes to show that like yeah making something that's like very intentional and like personal will always win you know it'll always be more memorable like for sure so yeah yeah it's that it's also also that like storytelling aspect of it too like the the what is it the shoe promo that I did um, got a lot of mm-hmm. attention on my Instagram, but not nearly as much attention or, or feedback as like the personal video that I um, made on my birthday, just kind of encapsulating what this past year has meant for me, the progress that I've right. made, the struggles that I've gone through. And uh, that's the thing. No one's going to look at that, that shoe video or that product video and say, I know Kel better because I watched this video. But they're going to watch the birthday video and be like, wow, you know. I, I feel like I, I know her. That was such a great quote right there. That's so true, though. Like <laughs> That's a soundbite of the episode now. <laughs> that is a soundbite of the episode because, yeah, you're really you're you're right. Like that same thing happened to me when I like cause sometimes. Yeah. Like when I post my work or when I post my like sometimes I'll post my film photography and like I I am excited about my film photography, but it, like it doesn't really do it doesn't do well or it doesn't get a lot of engagement. But like that one time where I posted like a picture, I literally was like a picture of myself and I wrote that, I wrote like a long caption of like, here are like some truth bits about me. And it was like a couple things that I like really was having a hard time with. And that post got so many comments and likes and shares and like personal messages to me. I even had someone email me. Like they literally, wow. e- they emailed me and they were like, "Hey, your post the other week, by the way. Like, I really, I really liked the post that you made the other week." And I was like, "See, like that's that's just what go- that's what's crazy is like the huge like we're always gonna connect on a human level with shit that's just way more vulnerable and, and personal and, and authentic and it and it shows clearly, you know. And like, yeah, we're gonna love those cool videos and like it's gonna capture my attention for like ten minutes, but like." More often than not, is it going to leave an impact on your life, really? Are you going to be like, "Mm, I'm thinking about that, you know, at night, you know, like not really, like not for the most part. So I think, yeah, I I don't know. I think just kind of trying to marry the two of like making something that's really cool, but also making something that's like has that that really emotional value for people like where they where they get to know you as a person. Like, I feel like I know kel i feel like i know jasmine better because of this piece of work that they released or this whatever they released and like that's such a good way to put it that's just was that was a good way to put it yeah you better hella sound bite that one (laughs) (laughs) that's too funny i think that's just the balancing act of social media though it's you know Mm -hmm. finding that 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 middle ground of like okay this i'm still a creative i still need to make money by the work that i produce but i also want to work on personal like passion projects and also share personal things about myself so that the mm-hmm. people that I work with will hopefully know and accept me for who I am because that's the thing I think if you you think about your business as purely transactional 
it's mm-hmm. not going to matter how you represent yourself and to the right. the business it's not going to matter to them either mm-hmm. but if if you're making like real connections and you're you're doing work that you care about or for people that you respect or trust mm-hmm. i think that's really powerful and that's where you can take your business to the next level i think right. i i learned that lesson this year this month really i ended up letting go of a of a client cuz i just felt like our our values didn't align and, and something wasn't right there you know mm-hmm. and I, I I feel so much better now that I I let that go and you know everything ended amicably and anything and everything and I have mm-hmm. you know a gig to go back to should I ever choose to but it's right. like you know how can I align my professional work as a creative with my most authentic version of myself mm-hmm. that's yeah. so true yeah no that's that's where that's exactly right and that's that's kind of where that's where you'll definitely feel the most like happy and fulfilled and like you will you will also just be able to do better work because you will actually enjoy the process and you'll enjoy the people that you're working with and you'll you'll feel like oh yeah like this is something that I'm excited to put together and like because I believe in it and like I believe in this person that I'm working with and that's really hard man like I I I struggle with that too because there's some stuff that I'm like I don't really feel like I align with it that much but at the same time I'm like sometimes I can't say no to a big paycheck you know like yeah you girl you girl has to do what she gotta do and girl gotta eat yeah <laughs> yeah but it is it is really hard to like find that balance and I think that that's that is super important to yeah to kind of have those like really good long-lasting client relationships it's like really about like are we a good fit like it's like matchmaking dude like literally like working with a client is like straight up just sometimes like matchmaking like are we going to be compatible as you know (laughs) you know doing this project because if not it's going to be hell for both of us like it's not going to be fun like you're probably not going to get a really nice product because I wasn't that excited to do it because I don't really I don't really mess with you like that you know and yeah it's always it's always a little a little balancing act for sure <laughs> for sure yeah definitely I think I'm in a, a fortunate position and a little bit of a different position than you are because this is your you know filmmaking and, and producing content is is your main gig if not one mm-hmm. of your main gigs and for me I have my you know my full-time corporate job I have the flexibility to pick and choose what clients I work for yeah. and what projects I get to work on um, so yeah I haven't decided if I want to do filmmaking full-time because I love the flexibility to be able to create the projects that I want to create and if I have to rely on like oh I need this to like pay my bills then not I feel like I'm going to stress myself out number one Hell <laughs> but yeah. also like I just you know to be a and I'd never want to fall into that transactional category if I can help it of, mm-hmm. of doing creative work yeah that is like it's funny because I actually recorded a um so I have like I have like three of I have a few podcast episodes of my own that have just like they're backlogged and like I haven't released them yet but actually I had recently a conversation with my friend Ian um on Instagram he say something productions and he does a bunch of like fitness content but yeah he's a really yeah he's a really really cool guy and we actually sat down and we had a conversation about that sentiment of like what does it really mean when you when you do it full time you know what are the pros what are the cons and and I know that you know in that episode I won't I won't give the episode away too much but we did have a little bit of back we did have a little bit of back and forth of like 
you know there are cons to while it does feel nice to be a full t- to full-time be doing what you love like there are cons to that like I've experienced them I I get burnt out and you really you really do end up placing a lot of burden on your not burden but you you end up placing a lot of pressure on your creativity and I think for some people that can really start to wear on their love for it and yeah it's hard it's yeah. tough so I I definitely like if you would have asked me that question like three like three or four years ago like oh like or not question but like if you were to br- bring that up three or four years ago I'd be like yeah totally like go freelance like don't even think about it like do what you love follow your dreams your passion <laughs> whatever but now like three years later I've been doing it and it's like you know I truly I still truly believe in like following your your passion and what you're good at but I now realize that you know there are certain consequences to to doing what you love as a job because you're now putting it into a category of like oh I could start to not enjoy this you know because there is pressure on the thing that I love to now support everything else that I want to do so it's like it is tough so I'm glad you're already thinking about that it's uh yeah it's a I can totally understand the like the stability like you you like you like the fact that you can pick and choose right now like do I need to work with do I want to work with this person like because I don't need to because I have a stable I have something else that's stable and that's yeah that's something that I kind of miss a little bit like sometimes I feel like I don't have that liberty you know I'm like well I probably should take this gig because it would put some extra change in my pocket for rent you know or something like that and yeah I yeah I'm just I'm happy you're thinking about that already that's (laughs) the only point I feel like I yeah yeah no I uh I definitely something I've been pondering because um the thing I'm most scared of is like committing to it and then being like, this is nowhere near as like, this is nowhere what I thought there. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then like having to crawl back to my corporate job. And be yeah. Like, please, be like, please uh, let me back in. Yeah. I made a mistake. Uh. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard drop. I would say the only people I tell to do it are the people who are just like, I am completely miserable in my nine to five and I yeah. hate, hate my life. And then I'm like, all right, well then, try the freelance thing you know see if you can make that work but for people who are like kind of on the edge like it does I would say yeah just like think it through more and like it could be for you it might not be for you you know yeah Um, and I think that's just kind of to wrap it all up goes back into the the vulnerabilities of being a creative mm -hmm. you know you really are you're not only putting yourself on the line like expressing yourself creatively but like your livelihood is also on the line too yeah like your literal yeah exactly like your yeah you're right your livelihood how you're gonna survive in the world and yeah there are days when I get so stressed out about it that I'm like damn dude like I really have to just be doing this like whole back and forth like produce a project get paid produce a project get paid you know it's like sometimes it it really does drain me a little bit and I sometimes I'm just like damn I just want to make my own art like I don't want to deal with clients like I don't want to like there are days when I'm just like nope I don't I don't like this at all (laughs) you know but then there are days and times when I do really cool things and and times when like I'll do stuff and I'll and I'll get a decent a really decent paycheck and I'm happy and I I'll I'll make stuff that I'm proud to show and like those are the times that I that I 
I live for that, you know, but yeah. you know, there's, there's days when I'm just like, nah, fam, I'm not feeling this at all. So <laughs> it's I feel that. a little roller coaster ride for sure. Yeah. But the, the good times and those like those great projects that you get to work on really make it all, all worth it. Yeah, usually. It does. Usually it, it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I, I know I'm going somewhere like I have to just keep pushing, you know, and like I there. Yeah, there's plenty of times when I'm like, damn, I want to give up. Should I get should I get a nine to five job? Like I literally have asked my girlfriend that like a million times. I'll like look her straight in the face and be like, should I just get a nine to five job? Like, am I doing am I just is this wrong? You know, and she always looks at me and she's like, I don't think you're going to be happier in a nine to five job. Like, that's just not you, you know, mm-hmm. and like. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's not me, so I'm going to have to make this other thing work. And, and I kind of have to realize that, like, work is work, no matter if you do what you love, no matter if you're at a, you know, something that you're not totally in love with. Like, work is always work. So, at some point or another, you're not going to want to do it. Like, so, yeah, you know, you yeah, just... Yeah, you can't expect that you're, you know, you're going to be completely satisfied and fulfilled by everything you're doing all the time yeah it's like totally not realistic at all as i've Mm -hmm. found out over the last three (laughs) years i'm like oh wow i can't just like live my dreams out and everything's sunshine and rainbows no there are still issues so yeah you know it is what it is it is what it is (laughs) that is true all right jasmine thank you so much for coming on the show this has been so amazing no um, problem i'm sorry if it was like super long i feel like now we're it's like what is it 8 30 for you over there now (laughs) that's okay yeah i'm just gonna my bed's right there i'm just gonna hop in that one we're done no like what no this is this is so awesome and i think that you know this is the perfect way to kick off this show Um, you know, you're someone who really inspires me and I'm so excited for other female filmmakers who will listen to this podcast to find you and for you to, you know, find this community that we've all been searching for. That would be so sick, honestly. Like I'm so amped. I'm so honored that I'm the first episode too. Like that's pretty (laughs) cool. I can't wait to watch, watch it grow and like watch it take off. And I really, really think that like this will be something like we'll take off. And, you know, you, you're mad official with it, too. Like, the email you sent me, I was like, oh, she's ready to take this podcast off. Like, this, pod, this podcast is skyrocketing already. Like, it just, it was real good. You have already got a good system set up. So, like, I have all the faith. And, again, super honored that you have chosen me to be your first guest. And, like, that means a lot to me. And I'm, I'm just super happy that you, you know, you pitched, you even, you know, pitched the idea to me. And, like, it was just... Yeah, I don't know. It's just so nice to see. It's so nice to see, and I'm I'm stoked. So I will stop Thank talking you. now because I feel like I ramble a lot. No, no, you're good. <laughs> this is exactly what we wanted you on the podcast. I know that's true. That's, that's true. true. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the support. It really means a lot, and um, I'm really excited to see where this goes too. But where can people find you? So people can find me on IG. Probably mostly I'm mostly on IG. It is at Jasmine underscore Q. So j-a-s-m-i-n-e underscore q like the letter q um and then where i mean i don't really use facebook that often i do have a youtube channel but if you search my name on youtube you will find all my singing videos first and then you will find my filmmaking channel which literally has like no 
it has a few videos on it but not that much but if you literally just search my name in on youtube like jasmine quinones you will find me singing primarily but then you might also find my filmmaking channel which i hope in the future to actually do something with because i only i posted a video in january about film photography and i haven't done anything since so stay tuned for that but other than that I don't really I don't really have anywhere else that I live. I have a TikTok, but I don't use TikTok that often. My if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's at JQ Made It. Um but yeah, that's, the that's names. you always have the best names. Oh, thank you. I just thought of that randomly on the spot. I was like, JQ Made It. That sounds kind of cool. So yeah, well, with that's, your that's <laughs> with your podcast name too, for creativity's sake. Like I how did I not think of that? Like that's so brilliant. It took so long, like literally so long for me to come up with that. Like it was, it was like <laughs> a painful process for me to come up with that name, but yes, thank you. I appreciate it. My lo- my light just went out. So I guess I have used it for too long because my key light just went out. So, so it's a good time to, good, good time, time to, to wrap up. Yeah, good, yeah. Good time to wrap. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show again, Jasmine. And uh, yeah, you guys heard where you can find Jasmine on all the socials and uh, yeah, that's all. So as usual, her, for the first time ever, I, I guess I should say. Thanks for listening to She's in Focus. Uh, we'll be back with, with plenty more. I'm so excited for this journey we're all about to embark on together. There's a girl gang right here, and you're a part of it. Hell so thank yeah. you. Join the club. <laughs> thank you, and I'll see you all in the next podcast. Bye. Adios.